From the backwoods and the swamp waters of the Sunshine State and all across America and the world, this is the Big and Wild Outdoors with your host, Braden Gunn, Jonathan Swindle, and Bill George. Good morning. Welcome in, everybody. Hello. Hi. Woo. Good evening. It is the big. You have to turn on your own microphone, rookie. You have to. Come on, man. Welcome in. It is the uh, Big and Wild Outdoors, live and in person here at the uh, Beasley Broadcasting uh, Center in St. Petersburg, Florida. Good morning on this chilly, windy morning. If you're planning on doing some fishing and you're actually going to go out and do it, you are a much hardier guy than me. Because it's chilly, it's windy, and it's going to be rough. But uh, it'll be uh, it'll be a good time by all, I'm sure. Especially if you're going offshore. In the studio with me this morning, the lone survivor, Mr. Mike Singleton. Good morning. We had the uh, we had the battle of the co-hosts this past week. Knives and machetes were used, and uh, the lone survivor, the strong survives <laughs> mike singleton makes it into the studio host number one got in such a uh, berserker frenzy that also took out bill george carlos and jonathan <laughs> swindle at the same time didn't mean to do it but you know once you get in that battle mode it's like <laughs> and he just went berserking wiped out the whole unit it was disgusting but hey congratulations thanks man you look good in your bloodstained shirt no, actually. Innocent until proven guilty. Yeah, you know, it's just one of those things. In reality, uh, Jonathan is doing uh, fatherly duties this weekend. That's what happens when you are the uh, father of an agriculturally uh, uh, savvy child who likes to grow animals and show them and all that kind of good stuff. So he's out with his daughter today. They have a uh, show somewhere. I don't know where it is, but it's probably... Just outside of uh, Oregon, I mean, it's like it's like I'm telling you, I, I literally see no difference between that and my buddy Justin uh, Bledsoe, and he's you know he's in a house full of women as well, you know he's got uh, four, three, three four daughters now, of course, and, and the wife, so he's like the lone, you know, uh, testosterone producer in the house. It's and, a busy man. And, it's a busy man right there. Dude, cheer this, cheer that, drive to Jacksonville, go to Orlando, got to go down to Naples, got the semifinal chip and cheer, you know, over outside of Pensacola. I mean, dude, he is. I bet he's got to play cheer dad, too, where he, you got to set up the props, you got to set up know. the mats. No, you no. got to work. You got to work when you do that stuff. Dude, he is constantly doing that stuff. And now Jonathan, of course, with his girls and their and the Manels. Uh, showing them all over God's green earth, he's got to uh, put some miles on that Ford, that Brandon Ford out there, and uh, taking the kids around and hauling some hogs and stuff behind them to uh, just to make the girls happy. Just gotta make gotta make the women happy, so it's all good. Now on the other flip side of that, <clears throat> Carlos, the Cuban redneck Lopez, and his partner in crime, Bill the the Demon George, 
they tell their wives, we out. We gone. That is the truth, too. We out. We gone. Bill, he's gone. I, I'm out. I gave you my entire week of nothing but love and affection this weekend. I am out. And uh, they headed down south to go kill some ducks. And today ought to be a very productive day for that. With that north wind blowing straight down, oh, man, I'm telling you, if those teal are still hanging around and they got some greenheads and stuff down there, them, them quackers are going to be moving around this morning. It'll be a good day for them. And I'll bet Bill has his little headphones on. He's probably listening right now, making sure everything's going okay and looking for ducks. I love it. He said, uh, he said, well, I'll, I'll, uh, he came in yesterday and uh, dropped off some gator stuff. And uh, he's like, I'll, I'll call, I'll call in tomorrow. And I was like, dude, have you never been duck hunting before? <laughs> how are you going to call in? Right. I mean, right about now is when their butts are sitting in the water and they're waiting for that little crack of sunlight to come over the horizon. I said, you, you may get to call us around 830 or so if you're really, if it's very productive. If it's not very productive, we won't hear from you until just before the show closes. Yeah, I talked to him last night, and he's like, yeah, I'll, I'll be calling into the show uh, in the morning. I'm thinking, man, I thought when you duck hunt, you don't say nothing. You don't. He'll call in, though. I'll guarantee he calls in. We've had duck hunters call before. I think our farthest duck hunter was a gentleman who called us in from Seattle, uh, just outside of some island there that you have to uh, put in for a lottery, and you get picked. They only allow a certain amount of people to hunt the island for ducks because apparently it's just inundated with waterfowl. It's it's kind of like uh, some of the hunts we have here where, you know, you have to put in for it and right. you, you may get a sandbar stag or you may not get a sandbar stag, but, you know, you get a chance to get out on the island. But he called us from out there and in the background, all you hear, I mean, it sounded like the uh, the Tet Offensive on Quezon. Really? Oh, dude. He was like trying to talk. He's like, well, yeah, the sun's just getting ready to come up here, you know, because they're three hours different from us so they called i think in the eight or nine o'clock hour and uh, all you hear in the background is just and he's on the phone missing all this going by he's on the phone and i said we didn't try to keep him for very long but he just kept on yapping he said don't worry he goes i'll get my he goes trust me dude we'll we'll get our tags filled we'll we'll be done probably in a half hour you're not taking any of my time from hunting he goes, I'm just watching them. I'm watching everybody miss, and they're all coming my way. So that's a good thing. They're teaching all them ducks to keep just come this way. As soon as I hang up with you, I'll, we'll probably be done in a half hour. That's how so did he say how many he can take You know, with his tag? Is it like a 5 or it, well, 10, it, 20, whatever? It's it's the same as it is anywhere else. It just depends on the species. You know, you're only allowed certain this, certain that, certain this. But uh, he, they had a lot of bigger birds in that area they have like arctic snow geese they got canadian geese they've got uh some other geese something lesser gray or whatever something that flies up through there uh when we were talking about southern ducks and things like that they're like no we, we don't have those up here yeah they got the big boys and they got a lot of sea ducks up there as well uh you know like the shovelers and some, i don't know whatever they have up mm. there that that hangs out around the saltwater area and stuff. And but anyway, he did very good, and that was the last real duck person that called in from the blind. Now we did have some guys who called in on the show that uh, 
took our advice and went to a, an area in Tampa Bay and did extremely well, and uh, they did all right. But if you're a duck hunter, I, I know they're not listening to the show this morning. They're, they're in the water. Well, if you want, I know in uh, Land Lakes there's plenty of Muskogees if you're really, really wanting to do some duck hunting today. <laughs> I could do that just driving down my street. I could get my limit in no time. Well, actually, there'd be no limit on those because they're an invasive species. But uh, did you see, did you come across the Hart Franklin Bridge? Yeah. Now, over on the right-hand side, when you went over the little bridge, when you got off on 4th Street, uh-huh. there's that little humpy bridge right there. Yep. Did you see a lot of vehicles parked over there on the right-hand side? Today, I didn't. You didn't? No. I oh. normally do. There's normally a line of them parked there. Well. I will say there was one, um, what do they call them, the skiff, you know, with the little motor and the, the, the right. motor sticks. I forgot what they call them, mud hopper. Or mud, yeah. Yeah. There was one of them parked out there. Now, I didn't that see was that. Prob- that was probably your duck hunter because yeah. that's usually the guys, uh, the guys who are going back around and then getting in that northern part of Tampa Bay. That's mm-hmm. usually where they park and then cut through and go the back way and cut through there and go over there by the uh, by Clearwater Airport and some other areas over there. but So I was just wondering if there were a lot of them. There was, so there was just one hardy duck. There was just one guy out there. That was it. Normally I see the trucks lined up, truck and trailer lined up there. Well, there's fishermen in, in, amongst the mixed too, but usually this time of year it's usually the, the duck hunters that park there. Well, that yeah. wind's the probably keeping that, the fishermen off. Yeah. So it's probably right. That's probably the duck hunter, the one guy that wanted to get it out there. And get On a day duck. like today, I'm assuming that it would be the duck hunter. Yeah. Because unless you're really going to get back in a cove somewhere, it's going to be uh, quite brisk out there. And then supposedly tomorrow is going to be even colder. It, but it's supposed to be a better day to be out on the water because it's going to be calmed down but yet colder. Yeah, I, I heard the high of uh, for the week is like 54, 55 for the next like three, four days, something like that. They were talking like 30 degrees in Citrus County. How is that even humanly possible? It's not going to be a nice time to go uh, go north to the home for sure. Sure will. No, no, I don't like the cold. Not at all. Too cold for me now. Freshwater to me always seems colder anyway than saltwater. I guess it does. I, I think it is, actually. I never noticed. What? Oh, because you don't get in? No, I, I like I like freshwater swimming. The beach, pain in the butt, man. You got to get the sand out. I'll leave it at that. I'm so <laughs> sticky. <laughs> All right, let's take a break. Brought to you by Brandon Ford. We are the Big Wild Outdoors. We'll be right here. Thank you so much for getting up this morning, hanging out with us here at the Big and Wild Outdoors. Braden Gunn, Mike Singleton here in the studio this morning. Jonathan's out on the road doing some hog showing. Carlos and uh, Bill are down south trying to kick some uh, quacker butt down there, kick, kill some ducks. I told him he, he talked to me at the beginning of the week and said, uh, I'm going to be going down there. I got invited, so I'm going to go. And I said, yeah, man, go. Go have fun. Go do what you got to do. I said, but you know what I'm expecting when you come back? He's like, what's that? I go, in a week, I better have some sort of 
really wild, wacky souve duck breast here in the studio. <laughs> <clears throat> and he said, yeah, I can do that. I can do that. So uh, they're down there trying their best to um, fill up the coolers and get a bunch of uh, ducks so that we may partake in the bounty that is out there flying around in the skies. I, I wanted to give you a little more accurate forecast for our area here coming up on tomorrow in case you did have some wild plans out there on Sunday. We're looking at about 46 degrees here in the Pinellas area at wake up time, about 62 for a high. Monday's going to be around 57 in the morning, get up into the 70s or so. So hopefully my air conditioner will not kick off. So it'll be all good. I love getting them really low electric bells this time of year. It feels good. I had a lady came by the other day, like 6.30 at night, knock on my door. And I was like, what? Who in the world? You want to buy some steaks? <laughs> Hi, I'm from uh, Duke's Energy, and I wanted to see if you maybe you'd like to talk about some, uh, some uh, you know, things we could do to help you save on your electric bill. I went, 86 bucks last month. I'm good. You had an $86 electric bill? Yeah, 86 bucks. I'm good. She's like. Oh, okay. Thank you. And I was like, bye-bye. What do you do? Turn it off at the meter? No. <laughs> no. The only thing I only thing I have running in the house is a freezer, refrigerator, and all the other little, you know, appliancey digital things and stuff. Oh, them poor kids. Poor <laughs> kids. Put another jacket on, Dad. The thermostat says 31 degrees. Windows are open this time of year. <laughs> <laughs> Crank them jealousies, man. Yeah, boy. <laughs> Uh, you know, and of course you hate to turn into your parents, but you know you got to give them that speech. When I was growing up around here, my daddy never turned on the air conditioner. We had the windows open around all year. You yeah. need to you need to join that uh, group. You seen that cus- uh, commercial where don't become your parents? Don't be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How to silence your phone in the movie on? Yeah. But it is true. When when while we were on the water, so when you're on the water, you know everything is a little cooler by the water or warmer by the water, so. Uh, you know, growing right up there on the canal, <clears throat> those windows were open year round, dude. I mean, uh, they are neighbors. And when you live on a canal, you can hear, you know, Mr. Jenkins, 15 houses down. <coughs> I think he's got a cold down. I hear uh, Mr. Jenkins down there hawking up a lung down there. That's why I always said when I got the new Van Halen album, every neighbor down my canal hated me <laughs> because, you know, <laughs> When, as soon as the eruption would get ready to start, you know, you crank that bad boy up. And uh, when you got a really nice, you know, back in the day when you had a nice stereo system. The the big giant one that took up the wall. Had to have a Marantz, man. <laughs> <laughs> the speakers were six feet tall. Until the Nakamichi, what was it, the Nakamichi Dragon came out? Remember that one that everybody wanted to have because the CD would, it would literally uh, like come out. And like oh. flip and, and go back in, you know, it was like the coolest thing ever. Gosh, seems like a hundred years ago. I'm still stuck on the eighty-six dollar electric bill, man. That's, <laughs> that's got to be the lowest I've ever heard. I'm good. Hey, I'm, I, I'm I haven't good, even bro. been staying at the house up in Home Assassin. Got our bill, and it was ninety-seven dollars. And we haven't even been there. I will tell you that I went to Famous Tate a million years ago and bought a big giant, uh, you know. Cooler, I mean a freezer, big, you know, uh, as we call them, deep freezers. Yeah. The deep freeze, and uh, bought that sucker and put it out in the garage, and it does such a great job. It's I've had that thing 
20-something oh, years at least, mm -hmm. and it's still going like gangbusters. I don't know how many hurricanes it's it's kept everything frozen in that bad boy when the power's been off for like a week. Yeah. I mean, as long as you throw uh, about uh, 15 bags of ice in there on top of everything and then keep it shut and don't open it, mm -hmm. except when you know in your mind you got your where everything is sectioned in there, so you're like, all right, don't have any power. Where are those sausages at? In okay, there. <laughs> okay, I remember I put two turkeys in there, and uh, da, 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 da. okay, it's down and to the right in the corner. So as soon as you open it, you dig down there, grab it, shut it real quick. Mine, if you open the lid, and let's say you, you didn't know anything about my house, and you open the lid to our freezer, the first thing you're going to grab is a, two giant gator heads and some gator feet. <laughs> That's literally the top. Like, Michelle will go, Mike, can you move the head so I can get underneath the... You haven't found a taxidermist for those yet? We just... I haven't had time. I've been so busy. Oh. We're going to. I mean, uh, I'm going to call Glenn and I, see, see I, you. I've never... Uh... I had to take it back. I had to keep one. I had to keep a point in there for about a week or so before I got it over to Mr. Paul Hill back in the day. But any other time than that, I either drop it off on the way home or uh, get it out the next day, try to get it, it was, out and drop it off. Well, when we first uh, picked it up, Glenn brought it to me, brought it to the house, and we still have not uh, dropped it off. We got two heads. One of them uh, she wants to have fully dressed out, and then she wants the feet. The feet were monsters. So we're McKinley wants those done for her bookshelves. <laughs> I'm dead serious. She wants them for bookshelves. I hope she takes them off to college with her. <laughs> so her roommates are like going, what are those? That was my last boyfriend. Yeah. My dad cut his hands off and had them mummified, stuck up on the wall. Man, yeah, keep them boys away. Uh, well, if you go in there, she has like uh, one of them snow globes, and it's got a real rattlesnake in it. So she had some little friends over at the house and. They're sitting there playing. They look, and they're like, what is it? There's a snake. And McKinley's proud of that, buddy. That's, that's my rattlesnake. Well, now she wants the gator head in there. She wants the gator feet. It, you know, if it was up to her, everything would be stuffed and put in there. You know what's amazing? I know this is probably going to – we're at getting around breakfast time or something like that, so this may kind of gross some people out. But uh, I've, I, I literally had the conversation with my daughter one time we were – uh, she crawled into bed with us, and we were always, we were talking, you know, just just chit chatting. And uh, she was talking about how she wanted to go get a deer. She wants to get a deer in the worst way because uh, her brother hasn't got one yet. So she, you know, since he got the hog first, she wants to be the first to get a deer so she can lord it over him till the day he dies. You know, you know that kind of thing. And uh, I was like, uh, you know, I said. Uh, you sure you want to do that? She's like, yeah, that way I can have something to talk with the boys about at school. And I said, well, do you ever bring up the fact that, you know, you went out and helped them clean a hog and all that kind of stuff like that? And she said, yeah, I did. And uh, they didn't seem very interested in it and all that kind of stuff like that. But, you know, they wanted to hear more about the hunting part of it and the gun part of it. I said, did you tell them all about the squishy guts and all that kind of stuff? She's like, they got kind of grossed out on it. And I was like, you know, isn't that weird? Every video I've ever seen on YouTube or anything where you have a guy who's, like, cleaning a deer, you always have that one where the guy can't ever make it through without going doing the whole, uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, getting the dries and all that kind yeah. of stuff. I said, I have never seen a video or anything like that when it comes to a girl. 
Well, you don't see many of them cleaning them. I, I do. But the thing is, I'm not kidding you. My sisters did this and my daughter did this. When that gut pile hits the ground, all of a sudden there's like this instant fascination with, you know, what is this? And they're like, I mean, they get in there with their hands. They're like, what is this, Dad? And you're like, uh, that would be a kidney. Wow, it really looks like that, you well, know? That makes me think back to when I killed that hog up at Jonathan's place last year. It was funny because McKinley and Allie were all up in there. I'm telling you. And they're you. arguing. They were going, I want it. They were cutting the legs off. And they're like, I want to do it. Well, there's four <laughs> legs. So you guys can. And they're cutting the legs off. And I ain't going to lie. When he hit that one, oh, God, one part just poof, stunk. Them kids never moved. Like, I'm getting my chance. I don't care what it smells like. I'm getting to cut it. <laughs> That's right. So I, I have to admit, it was hilarious because them two kids did not move. They were cutting the legs off. And I'm going, this, I don't know if this is normal. I mean, this is their thing. That's like we killed it. They're both lining up, grabbing it by the ears, getting getting their pictures. I'm like, these girls don't care. This show is every liberal's nightmare right now. <laughs> Our children are out there. But I just found that it. You know, guys kind of like get over there and they kind of look at it and they're like, uh, you know, stinky guts or whatever. And I, I don't know what it is, but it, I, I, I'm not trying to be sexist or anything, but every girl, my sisters included, and uh, uh, a stepmother that I had, same thing. You know, first time uh, she ever saw a deer kill and it, it, the gut pot went in there. Next thing you know, she's over there. What is this? What are these? <laughs> what are the? And my daughter really freaked out on it because... The things that she's ever seen in class are all floating in formaldehyde, so they're all gray or white or, you know, they don't even look the same. So when, when she's picking it up, she's like, what is this? I go, that's a, that's a kidney. And she's like, wow, they really look like that? They're, the ones I've seen don't look like this. And the liver and, I mean, everything. I mean, the heart. I mean, all that stuff. She was just, like, all up in there. You get a call from the school. She decided, hey, they got their own. She puts hers in a Ziploc bag, takes it to school, and goes, I got my own. Flump on the teacher's desk. <laughs> I actually got uh, stopped in Carline one time by a, uh, a teacher <laughs> because of something that my son took up to uh, class for show and tell. Uh, she, was, she came up, and she was really nice about it. You know, She tried to be as PC as humanly possible. She's like, uh, Mr. Gunn, I really appreciate, you know, uh, Barrett bringing in something for show and tell. But uh, if you could in the future, could you, you know, maybe not bring in like animal parts or anything like that? Because it may, it, it may, once the kids go home and tell their parents, you know, their parents may get upset. And then, you know, we're going to hear about it for, you know, months and all that stuff. And I said, I said, really, are you upset about a, a deer hide? Because he brought in an Axis deer hide. Uh -huh. You know, he wanted to show them that this is an adult deer, that, you know, it's the only spotted adult deer in, you know, in the world and all these things. And my dad shot it. And, uh, you know, it's this nice, well done deer hide. Right. I mean, it's a beautiful hide. And I rolled it up, took it in there, took it into class for show and tell. And, uh, all, of course, all the kids loved it. They wanted to touch it and feel it and, you know, do all that stuff. But she literally said, yeah, could you not have him bring any more animal parts into the into the school? Not because it was a bad thing, but because she thought that they were going to get bad feedback from other parents. They're going to get bad feedback either way. There's I, never going to be all of them happy. I, I should have I pulled a Steve Austin on her and said, 
So do the parents get mad when their kids walk in with leather boots on or, uh, you know, a leather jacket or a belt or, or anything else <laughs> like that? But, you know, I, I, I was just, you know, uh, yeah, okay, thank you. I, I appreciate it. And uh parent was like, Dad, did I get you in trouble? And I was like, no, man, don't worry about it. This ain't on you. You know, it's all good. Don't Whatever they say about it, don't worry about it because that's just the way they feel about it. Right. It's not the way you feel about it or I feel about it. Does it bother you? No. Okay, then we're good. So, you know. Kamara, you're going to take the legs in. <laughs> <laughs> I would love, I would love to borrow your daughter's uh, alligator hands and have those. Bring them in. <laughs> bring those in. What in the world are those? Back scratchers off of a possum. <laughs> Got it in my backyard. Shot it with a Daisy Red Rider right between the eyes. Killed it dead as dead as an anvil. All right, taking a break. It is a big and wild outdoors. We are brought to you by our good friends over at Brandon Ford. Lots of great deals going on over there still. I know, they're selling. Did you hear? They are now like the number one Ford dealer in the United States. They beat them other guys out in California wholeheartedly this year. Stomped them. Stomped them like a great. They do great deals over there. Great work over at Brandon Ford. Go see them today. We are the big and wild outdoors. We'll be right back. Big and Wild Outdoors, Brent Gunn, Mike Singleton in the studio, hanging out with you this morning. You want to call in and uh, talk or got a question or complaint or anything, 888-404-1010, 888-404-1010. That is our number to reach us here live in the studio. I do have to say good morning to some new listeners that I uh, met this past week. Uh, Carlos Castillo over in Tampa. I wanted to say hey to you. And uh, Greg Johnson, uh, also a nice guy that I uh, met. And then, of course, Kevin and Simon Abbott, who listen over there in uh, across the pond over in England. I don't know when they listen. I guess it's podcasty mostly. But uh, they contacted me. We had a nice little chit-chat on social media. But uh, two brothers, Kevin and Simon Abbott. Over in England, also known as the Bullock Brothers. World known. Or if they were Spanish, they'd be Huevos much, uh, Muchachos, I think, maybe. Is that right? Diego, did I say it right? What's 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 the uh, Spanish word for, uh, or Latin word for brothers? Hermanos. Hermanos. Hermanas. Hermanas. So they'd be Huevos Hermanas. Hermanas and sisters. So they'd be Hermanas Huevos. Hermana, sisters, eggs? I don't. Brothers, <laughs> brothers. Hermanos huevos? Yeah, yeah, that's what they'd be if they were in Spanish. But they're England, so they're English. They're Kevin and Simon, so they'd be they'd be bollocks. 
I see something coming from Diego. I see the, I see the face. The wheels He's are working. Say right something. Is this a like, restaurant? Or is this, <laughs> is this? These are two guys. Two guys that listen to the show over in England. They were. They're yeah. They're called Hermanos Huevos. <laughs> they're called the. They all call themselves the. You know the Bollock Brothers, which means the same thing as Huevos in Spanish, but not in the egg sense. Okay. Do I got get the head nod? Oh, okay. You got the head nod now. We're all good? Yep. You got it? Yep, speed. I saw now Diego's it's face funny. going all over. I thought, oh, he's about to say something, man. Now it's funny. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, now they are. Uh, so uh, good morning, Carlos, Craig, and uh, Kevin and Simon out there. Uh, thank you so much for uh, listening, and we really appreciate that. Uh, got a little something to do today. You got you heading out? You playing with the girls? What are you doing? You uh, going to Homosassa and going to get chilled up there or? next weekend i uh i'll head up there on thursday stay until uh tuesday this weekend getting ready for bucks tonight <clears throat> gonna be the world champion soon there's still a team here hey and come on so man. anyway um uh i have to go do my concierge job today as soon as i get off here i have to go drop off uh, some magazines for uh one of our listeners well that's nice of you I'm going to tell you, uh, you know, I don't want to make this show uh, political or anything else like that, but uh, when the events were unfolding on uh, Wednesday yeah, uh, up in Washington, D.C., next thing you know, my phone is like Grand Central Station. I mean, it, it I'm was sitting, crazy. I, I, you know, people were calling to see what kind of ammo uh, I could get or... This, that, and the other thing. And, I knew uh, that was going to happen. Uh, do you have this firearm? Do you have that firearm? I'm looking for that. I think literally there were so many people that Wednesday uh, made a decision for a lot of people who might have been on the fence. And uh, one of them was a gentleman who listens to the show that, um, that actually knows his uh, daughter goes to the same school as mine. And uh, he was like, uh, could you uh, pick me up some? magazines i was like well what size do you want what do you want you know do you want metal do you want uh, polymer do you want uh what are you just 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 standard you know 30 rounders or something like that and i said well how many he says well how many can i get I was wow. like, as many as you want i guess he goes well uh, let's start with three i said i'll get you four yeah. i hate odd numbers so i'll get you a nice round you know i'll get you four of them he's like yeah i just want to get like some extras just in case yeah and I was like, dude, really? And I and, did he get ammo with it? Uh, he already had ammo, so I, of course I asked him that, and he said, uh, "No, I'm I'm good on ammo. I just want some more mags so that they're loaded, ready to go." And I yeah. said, "Okay, okay, you got it." I will tell you that I don't know what sparked whatever, um, but I know that some people had gotten some stimulus checks this past week. Some haven't. Some have. Yep. Yesterday, at the store. Guns and ammo flying off the shelves. Really? Flying off the shelves. It was like the, the second wave. It, you know, everybody talks about the second wave of COVID. Uh, the second wave of gun sales started yesterday. Well, think about it. When them checks came, it's either TVs are flying off or guns. Or ammo. <laughs> ammo. So are you all out of ammo or you still got a lot? We had um, 10 rounds of 50 BMG. I mean, a 10, uh, 12 boxes. We had 12 boxes of 50 BMG sitting on the shelf. 
got it there because, you know, there's always that one guy who walks in and goes, like Bill George, who goes, hey, yeah. I'm going to go up and see my brother-in-law. I need to get a box of 50 because he's got one and we want to shoot it. Yeah. You know, guy literally walks in, grabs both stacks, walks up on the counter, puts it down. Wow. And I said, uh, uh, is that for you? <laughs> and he said, <laughs> he said, uh, yeah. He says, uh, I'm going to go ahead and get it while I can. You know, I, I got a 50, and I, it's always so expensive. And I said, well, you're not going to find anywhere cheaper. He goes, that's why I'm buying all of this. Yeah. He said, you guys got a great price on these things, and I'm buying every single one you got. And um, on something like that, we let him wipe us out on it because, you know, that's not something that everybody comes in. It's not 30-30. Right. You know, it's not uh, – it'd be dipping, dunking. You know, it would take us six months to sell all that. And one guy comes in and goes, whoop, and takes it and walks out. Yeah. I don't know how many people walked in yesterday. You know, we got the uh, the cases, the 900-round uh, ammo cans full of 5.56 five, uh, for like seven ninety nine, mm-hmm. And guys were coming in buying two at a time. Wow. Literally coming in and going, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and just get two of those. And we're like... Okay. What I remember uh, when I came down and got that uh, ammo from you, it was like the whole ba- where all your all the stash was gone. There was nothing. I think y'all had the the five five six back yep. there that strip. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, we still have some of that too. But uh, the big ammo can ones, you know, they sit there and it, you know, again, that's one of those things where with prices being what they are today, you know, people whip out their phones, start doing the calculations. Okay, that's about eighty nine cents around it. What are they selling it on Gunbrand? So they're doing math right there in front of you. And uh, next thing you know, now they got some free money yep. from the government. So next thing you know, they walk in there and go, well, let's see, i uh, getting this much for each per child. Da, da, da. I'll take those two. <laughs> and uh, they were buying it right there, and it was flying off the shelf. Stuff that we thought was going to sit there for a while. No. Really? They got the money. They were coming in, and they were going, and they were like, I've been looking at this 19X for a while. I'm going to get it. I'm going to get that. I'm going to get this. I'm going to get that. And they were just boom, 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 boom. Now, how many do y'all still have a lot there, guns-wise? Yeah. I mean, we still do, but uh, it's dwindling It's dwindling fast, man. It's wow. like it's like you can't keep up with these people. That's crazy. Just thank the good Lord we're not in the toilet paper industry. <laughs> We'd be S out of luck. Be going through McDonald's drive through. I'd just like one hash brown and a double handful of napkins, please. We are the Big and Wild Outdoors. We're brought to you by our good friends over at Brandon Ford. We're going to hang out here for a little while for uh, some commercials and that kind of thing. But I'm telling you, we're going to come back. So just, just be ready, okay? It'll be good. Singleton and Braden Gunn in the studio today, hanging out at the uh, Big and Wild Outdoors Beasley Broadcasting Studios. We appreciate you getting up and listening to us this morning. 
Uh, again, I'd like to say good morning to our uh, our new listeners, nice guys that I uh, met through uh, social media and all that kind of good stuff. You know, it's it's nice when you connect. And uh, so I wanted to say good morning to uh, Carlos Castillo, who I think is in the uh, kind of the same business that you are uh, hanging out with in the uh, firefighting industry. I hang out with a couple of those guys. Yeah, and then uh, Craig Johnson, uh, I think he's a realtor-type dude kind of out there. And then, of course, Kevin and Simon, I really don't know what they do over there. And Matty Old England, I don't know what they do over there. Probably just sit around and say hello to the queen. I, I, don't, I don't know what people <laughs> do. Eat fish and chips and drink at the pub. Uh, welcome in, everybody. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors. If you uh, have not heard... Bill George and Carlos are now down south terrorizing the winged devils known as ducks uh, at the uh, place where Bill went down, what was a month ago, almost a month ago? Outside of Clewiston. Yeah, down in Clewiston, and with this northern breeze kind of blowing through, I think them duckety ducks will be uh, kind of moving around a little bit. He did tell me that the teal population had dropped dramatically. Now that the millet, the flooded fields had been kind of picked kind of clean, that they weren't seeing as many as like in that video. Remember he sent that video to everybody? Yeah. And it looked like a a, a scene from the birds. <laughs> it was just yeah. like massive clouds of, of, of teal. I thought they were blackbirds. You know, when you see those big giant yeah. flocks of blackbirds, because let's just say the camera on his phone is a little bit grainy. What do you expect quality. from a flip phone? It's not the high, yeah. <laughs> it's not the highest quality. A flip phone where you actually have to put the antenna in your teeth and pull it out like the old, <laughs> you know, one of those things. But no, they're down there trying their best to do us proud and get a bunch of ducks out there today. And we'll, uh, I'm sure we'll get the full report maybe a little bit later on. Bill said he would call to give us an update. And uh, we haven't heard anything or text or anything like that as of yet. So either A, they're doing extremely well and don't have time to mess around with us, or B, they're down in Clewiston where the cell phone service is about the same as it is if you're in the Marianas Trench. <laughs> it's it's not the greatest when it comes out of there. So we'll you know, we'll kind of we'll see what uh, what they do this year. You know, Bill's calling in for sure. He's going to take that opportunity. He's well, calling in. he will when he gets. The chance, uh, knowing Bill, he may have, we'll hear and he'll go. I had to drive thirty miles before I got a signal, but I uh, came over and decided to call you guys. Or Carlos took his phone away from him, so he didn't call. <laughs> so they could hunt. No, he'll he'll what he'll do is he'll go. I had to drive thirty miles to call you guys, and now I have to drive thirty miles back and pick up Carlos because he didn't want to <laughs> leave. He didn't want to leave because he hadn't got his limit yet, and he wasn't leaving until we got our limit yet. So we're, you know, he's going to uh, hang out and do what he's got to do. Uh, before the break, we were talking a little bit about what was going on in the uh, firearms industry, and I think that still a lot of people don't realize and uh, that the firearms industry has kind of uh, changed a little bit over the course of this whole COVID thing. And people still don't realize why in this world of instant gratification, you can't just walk into a gun shop and say, uh, I want a blank. Uh, Sir, we don't have a blank. Well, can you order it for me? You know, like the good old days. Right. And, uh, 
you know, you have to go through your whole explanations. Well, we can put it on our, our wish list and then we'll have to wait until the distributors receive them and then they'll call us and let us know that they got them and then we'll discuss terms on how many of them they can actually send to us because there's a limitation on some firearms and some dealers get them before other dealers. Like if you're a Glock stocking dealer, they kind of get priority over, you know, uh, you know, broke leg pawn shop or anything else like that. You know, they, um, you know, so you have people that are already ahead of you in line and then you have stuff that's allocated for certain people, uh, over other people, you know, large box stores, uh, usually don't have as much as some of the middle size stores because they have to wait for their entire shipment to be put together before it goes out. Otherwise, they have to pay penalties and all that. Kind of, you know what I mean? Right. Well, you can't sit there and explain all this to each and every customer. And I know you hate to be kind of curt with somebody, you know, when you say, uh, no, we can't. Without an explanation, because right. every customer wants an explanation. And I mean, as a parent or anything and somebody tells you no you want to know you want to kind of know why yeah or they'll throw it in your face i'll just go down the street to blah 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 and order they'll order it for me no actually they probably won't either and they'll be in the same boat and uh and you don't want to be snarky and go well fine take your mind i don't care you know i mean some some places would do that to you but you know good places will be like try to explain it to you and usually when you do that the other four or five people that are standing around go you know they're like Oh, well, that's now I get it. I understand how it's working now because I tried to get one, blah, 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 over yigga, digga, digga, you know, and right. couldn't get anything there either. But still, the news is I was talking to a guy yesterday and he said, I actually called Savage. Now you got it where customers are calling firearms manufacturers directly and asking them the simple question Are you people still in business? Wow. And, uh, this one guy told me that he called Savage Arms yesterday or day before yesterday and asked that question. I just want to know. I can't find a rifle that I'm looking for, Savage, this, that, and the other. Are you guys even still in business? And they tell you the same thing that you've heard from Hornady, from uh, UMC, from all the other manufacturers. Sir, we cannot keep up with demand. We have we are literally we are working shifts where we're we're working our butts off. We've increased production, but we cannot keep up with demand. And now, if you know how long it takes to make a bullet, you got automation. You look at Hornady's setup. You know, I mean, it's the blink of an eye. You know, right. it comes through. It's like every time you blink your eye, there's another round spilling off the end of the assembly line. Well, it doesn't work that way with firearms. I mean, there's a certain process where you have to put in, you know, barrels with receivers, this, that, and the other thing. Then you got to go in with fitting and then checking the triggers, especially with Savage. You know, they got to do head spacing. They, uh, they they do all this other stuff before they set the barrel. And each manufacturer is different, but the process is kind of the same. It takes a while. And usually it goes like anything else. You don't, it's, you know, you think of the assembly lines when they build a car. You know, they just don't magically one machine just like in the cartoons where, it, you know, a block shows up and it goes, and then a car pops out. You know? Right. I, I would think that they they would be stepping up right now, though, because, I mean, like at, like you were just saying a little while ago, the Wednesday deal, they are going to be flying off the shelf. Yep, they, they, there is no way they, even if they put another facility together, it's still going to be flying off the shelves. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter. It, yeah. it, uh, the, 
you can say they got money and to burn, and we're missing out on a great opportunity and all this other kind of stuff like that. But the the problem is, is it takes time to manufacture. And uh, articles have been coming out this entire week that are saying that uh, the same thing that uh, everybody was saying three weeks ago that the ammo shortage is going to continue throughout this year and probably not catch back up until probably towards the end of this year. If, if it ever really does recover back. And by the way, the numbers just came out again. For a while there, it was 7 million. Now we're up to 8.4 million new firearms owners in the United States of America. Wow. That's first time new buyers, 8.4 million that's, new ones. So That could be scary, or you could say, oh, that's great. Everybody's getting involved. A little scary. Well, scary. It, it's... If you think of it in in this term, that's just telling you that there's a person out there who bought a gun. Doesn't say how many he bought, because we have lots of people who walk in and go, I want to get that one, and I want to get that one, and what's a decent shotgun? Yeah. So it's not, you know, just a guy walking in going, can I buy that little uh, Derringer thing there? Yeah, I just want something in my pocket. (laughs) You know, you might get that guy, but lately it's been... I want to get one. My wife wants to get one, and I want to get one uh, for my daughter, you know, who's going off to college. So, I mean, it's not like it's a one-gun purchase. So now you have one person filling out a 4473. That tells law enforcement or whoever's keeping track that, uh, you know, there's one guy. Right. That there's a new guy there or, you know, the first-time buyer. It doesn't tell you how many you got. And it's it's going nuts. So you can – if you want to be a statistician or anything like that, you go 8.4. If there was one per person, that's still a lot of guns. But if you take an average, I'm going to say probably about 40% of those, because a lot of people are still married, uh, are probably more than one gun purchase. So you can almost... As long as the wife says that's okay. <clears throat> Yeah. For that forty percent, it's my stimulus check. I'm going to spend it any way I want to. They, uh, let you know, add another uh, five hundred thousand firearms to that. So now you're up to literally nine million, at least nine million new firearms put out into the already over three hundred million that are in private hands as we speak. So I mean, now you know why there's an ammo shortage because well, everybody. I, I try to explain to people. You walk in, you buy two, you buy two guns. Well, you're going to buy at least a box of ammo per gun, right? Right. So there's two right off the shelf, and then you're like, well, you know, things are getting kind of crazy around here. So give me, give me two boxes. That's usually what you hear. You know what? I'm, while I'm here, I'll just get two. Mm-hmm. Can I get two for my wife? You know, so she can get them too. Yeah. Okay. So you're that's four right there. Well, Go then, on. then you got the ones that my brother-in-law called. Hey, do y'all have this number? Yeah, I got that. I'll take. He wants a case of that. Yeah. Yeah. If. If it's allowed, you know, there's some stores where it's two boxes or one box limit or whatever. But what that does is now you got five people that are standing in line going, that dude's, they're almost out of nine millimeter. And it's that human nature where it's what happened with the toilet paper. Yeah. When there's only seven rolls of it left on the shelf, you, you know, you're like, I, I, I better buy one before they're all gone. Yeah. So now you got people that are going, well, I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and get those last two. And next thing you know, it's always the last two, and they're just 
it's it's a self-eating machine. Yep. It's crazy. All right, top of the hour. Here we go. Hour number two is the Big and Wild Outdoors right around the corner. We are brought to you by the wonderful, fabulous, beautiful people out of Brandon Ford. Go by and see them today. You know where it is. It's right there on the corner of Adamo and 301. If Brooks is in there, well, it's a bad fishing day, so he's probably at work today. So go in and see him. Tell him Braden and uh, Mike and Jonathan and Bill and everybody sent you over there, all right? We're going to take a break. We'll be back. 